It works with a turtle. <laughs> Shoot. Um, this is a bit of a disclaimer, guys, before we jump into episode one. Yeah, we're time travelling back from series two. Um, just to tell you really that if you are starting out on the podcast, uh, well done. You're here now. We didn't want you, but welcome. Um, we just need to say that like the original series where the pilot was rated worse than women's bowls, you might need to give us a bit of your time on this one. After the focus group, they could have pulled it because we got the joint lowest score ever of any focus group along with women's bowls. So pretty bad. It must have been worrying for the BBC. Stick around for a new theme tune. Um, we've got a James Buckley special at the end of series one. Oh, friends. friends. Um, we've got an interview with Taffy. Uh, we've got loads of new features and much, much more. Yeah, so see you there. Meeting adjourned. Hello, I'm Sam and this is Steve. Say hello, Steve. Sammy, your old slag. And welcome to Out of Office, the podcast that sort of fused the office with some gogglebox shit. Each podcast will be watching an episode of the UK version of The Office, talking the talk, walking the walk, vis-a-vis, making a podcast. Oh, kinky! Sessions. You're a cock, you're a cock, you're a cock. Winners. Women are dirty. Two lesbians, probably. Sisters. I'm just watching. make that dream come true to aka for you scene one introduces us to david brent he's a regional manager of wernham hog a paper merchant based in slough in scene one we see a bit of his character where uh, he's eager to please he's an outgoing guy but at the same time he's socially awkward and that leads to a lot of the cringe comedy that you see throughout the series oh is elaine she left you yet yeah all right see you then she has left him i forgot about that uh, this scene's a personal favourite of mine, um, being the first one, a great introduction to David Brent, but also it's a sort of a sort of scene that you, you see a lot of the time in WhatsApp groups. Yes, it's a personal favourite of mine, if for nothing else, the the nose meme when he's doing the lie. <laughs> he literally is going around every WhatsApp group probably daily. I think I see it twice a day at least, both of you I'd, normally. It's a definite favourite of mine, so it's a, it's a WhatsApp group staple. <laughs> the Brent if you had to pick a perfect introduction to Brent I think this would probably be it though you see what lack of professionalism need to be loved a failing comedian it's basically three banging traits of every regional manager um, oh, apologies to any any regional managers out there um, actually did I ever tell you about my mate uh, well he used to be my mate he was my regional manager years ago when I worked in, in the leisure centre no. He used to come around probably uh, once every fortnight, maybe come around, do his rounds, and just call everyone Bruce. Bruce, solid, Bruce. solid name. Literally used to walk in. All right, Bruce. Like, yeah, how you, do, how you doing? All right. Um, but maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's a regional manager thing. You have to be a little bit weird to. Um... I, think, I think since since the the office came out, I think there's definitely been a change in that regional managers they they see a bit of Brent in themselves and I think some of them definitely <laughs> play up to that and they make a point of being as Brent-esque as possible. Brent-esque, I love it. I think maybe we should ask people for their um, Brent-esque bosses, although I don't want to get anyone in any trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get yourself sacked just, yeah. for, just for writing into us. Anonymous names. Go the mail, please. Just a fact, sir. Dawn, this is my office. 
How many times have I told you there's a special filing cabinet for things made office? Yeah, the waste paper basket. Well, there you goes, Brent. He's coming up to Dawn Tinsley, receptionist. I think throughout this scene, we see a couple of things. We see, firstly, that Brent's humour doesn't exactly land with Dawn. I think uh, he has two jokes with her. One about the waking up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> and uh, also about the, the filing cabinet. Oh, yeah, she, she's not playing along at all. Um, I think one of the other things about it as well, a bit later on into the scene, it ends up uh, introducing the theme of drinking, which uh, in an office is something that's it plays a major part, doesn't it? And I Definitely. think throughout the, the series here, um, just about every other scene has got some reference to drinking or getting pissed or something or other. Standard in the office, isn't it? Basically, it's all about who's uh, who's had the wildest weekend, who's had the biggest Tuesday night. There's always that one kid or one bloke or, yeah. or woman, women are drinkers <laughs> too, um, basically telling us how much they're drunk and just no no one cares. Oh, but then exactly. you look at like Christmas party, office Christmas, Christmas parties are known, aren't they? No, absolutely wild. You get the girl from finance who's quiet and you're you, uh, taking the print of her ass or something. <laughs> Standard office banter. The old arse print. The old arse print. Love it. Uh, just the eight pints for me last night then. That's what we're talking about. There he is, Gareth. Just the eight pints for me last night. Literally just wanting someone to say, oh, oh, no way, you drank that much. That's incredible. Oh, on, a, on a Monday, on a school night. Just, <laughs> just wanting that admiration. Bit of a mini yeah. Brent. Just... There's a lot of Brent in Gareth. That's why he's the assistant, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah. Assistant, assistant too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that yeah. right. But, um, yeah, we've got this scene introduces Tim as well. Tim, sort of quite different to Gareth in a lot of ways because Gareth is very enthusiastic and he's you know very very lively. Whereas Tim, you can tell he hates his job. You know, he's, he's you can tell straight from the off he's extremely bored. I think with the little bits of banter between. Tim and Gareth, you can tell it's a bit of a, a love hate relationship there. Get a cock, get a cock, get a cock. Get a cock. He definitely oh. irritates him. Even then, when he's listening to him, he's like, ah, oh. you know, when you're not making eye contact, someone's yeah. talking, you're just like, oh, yeah. Oh, We've well all, all worked yeah. with those people that you have to work with. You, you're thrown together, aren't you? You're thrown together, so you, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to choose who it is you work with. So we always work with some knob. It tries to talk to you and you don't give a shit and you just loves a story a story yeah. about everything I'm sure I'm that person in my office to be fair <laughs> so, so well, you never get invited yeah. anywhere yeah fuck maybe that's it <laughs> he's the guy maybe yeah everyone take a long look at yourself if you don't get invited and uh, no one's listening to your stories then um, yeah sorry you're, it's, you're Gareth it's you well, to be fair Gareth's got lots of mates including Oggy Oggy is it, do you want those type of mates that's well, the thing I don't think they're, you know, friends are friends, aren't they, at the end of the day? Yeah. What's wrong with friends? Well, speaking about this scene with Tim, you've got your kind of experience working in paper. Uh, I wondered how long that would uh, <laughs> <laughs> take to crop up in this, it's, uh, this environment. It's a relevant experience, and it's I think it makes you best place to, of any podcaster of The Office to discuss the yeah, relevancy of it. that's true, I guess. You've I'm, literally uh, lived the I've, life. I've lived the wine and hog life. Um <laughs> It is as boring as Tim makes it sound in his interview. It's. Um, I don't get that impression. I, it's paper. I imagine paper to be thrilling. Really? No. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's some highlights. If someone maybe wants to buy a ticket, and they start adding a security feature, you know, high gloss, maybe a foil or a hologram. That's when you know. No. That's when you start sort of. Is there know, a bell in the office? That's when you start getting excited, and um, and yeah, that's when the real fun happens, and you go home happy. Other days there are. You know, just time spent talking about GSMs. Did you ever sell bog roll? 
Uh, no, that's different. Yeah, different. that's. I mean that that's that's not even worth wasting no. time with. Yeah, so that's not that's not what you want. Yeah, you can spend a lot of time talking about paper. What's it used for? What do you want it for? What's it going to be? Uh, I can write on it and wipe my ass of it. <laughs> exactly. That's all you need it for. That's what you need. We've got another um, sort of comment about the drinking again in this scene coming in. You know, we've got the, the, in the last scene about Dawn saying Brent drinking every lunchtime and every evening and all that. And then, and now again, this sort of theme of him coming in about, oh, drunkard, getting pissed. Hypocrite know. warning. Yeah, the unprofessionalism again is there. Yes, yeah, the recurring theme. It's like a little undertone of worry, really. No. Yeah. Starting to get worried about him. Yeah. Is he, uh, is he in trouble? Did I know want to hear that, Jenny? Then we see Brent coming in with uh, with Jennifer. Um, see this in this scene, we start to see the the kind of unraveling about his leadership and the fact that his unprofessionalism leads to things not going right in the office. His uh, filing cabinet facts prank with Dawn goes wrong, whereas he he doesn't get an agenda. No, get an agenda. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's in there technically with his boss as much as he hates to admit that Jennifer is the boss. And you tell he's got I don't, a, a. Don't think he does admit it, does he? he no, he's, he's definitely got a problem with authority. Um, he sees himself as as the highest of the high when clearly, like a lot of middle managers. I was going to say yeah. back to the start, absolute stalwart trait of a uh, regional slash middle manager. Yeah, he comes up with his um, starving kids analogy during his talking <laughs> head when. We start to hear this kind of rumbling about the redundancies. The first we hear of it, the first kind of acorn that grows into this big redundancy story, where we start to hear about uh, Swindon, the Swindon branch and Neil, um, and that there's going to be one of the branch incorporating the other. I don't think Brent's exactly um, front of the running for that, though, really. The, uh, no. Jenny, basically, she is his boss. She's going to make that decision. We all know that. Um, and he's got... Well, he's not. He's no getting into his agendas because <laughs> um, he's throwing them in his own bin uh, and his own staff members basically throwing him under the bus. So not ideal. And uh, middle of the meeting, he gets a little voicemail and uh, Finchy. We get introduced to Finchy. He leaves a massage. I leave a massage. Um, yeah, a nice sexist and homophobic uh, <laughs> message which Brent has to deal with live, which is quite awkward. Chris Finch, very good rep. Oh, that's derogatory. That's a shame. Awful, awful man. Yeah, stop looking up a skirt. David. I wasn't. A little bit about the voicemail as well. Remember when those were all the rage? When yeah. One of those awkward voicemail messages. The fake one was my favourite. The fake one. Where basically, yeah. like, you answer the phone, hello, uh, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, all right, mate, how, how's things going? Yeah, not too bad. And mm. then you'd be talking for a minute, like, way. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's the thing I never understood with those, is you wouldn't get the payoff. You'd, you'd never see that happen. I suppose, <laughs> yeah. I suppose not necessarily seeing it, it's knowing that it's happening is enough. It's knowing you've mugged someone off who's yeah. made, made the attempt to call you. But, I mean, it typical Brent. I don't leave voicemails anymore. I don't bother. You're one of them. Oh, yeah. I don't leave a voicemail. Too no. big for voicemails. Yeah, I don't care. I love I your voicemail. Hi, I'm Sam. You've reached... Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's oh, true, isn't it? Oh, professional. <laughs> you've no. reached me. Leave me a message. No. I'm sorry, you know. Not, sorry I can't take... Not for me. Sorry I can't take your call. Not for me. Uh, I'm not happy about this <laughs> voicemail slating. As soon as it leaves the, as soon as it leaves the office, everyone knows. Even though that the redundancy whole thing was to be kept within the four walls, just like with any office, rumours they 
they go and they fly around the office as, as quick as anything. Oh, I love it. It's office rumours. They never take long to get round, do they? Gotta love starting an office rumour as well. A little random one. Oh, of course, yeah. But just, I don't know, some of the finance team. I would always pick on the finance team and start the rumour that one of them you caught sniffing your chair. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows. Which, which part of the chair? Oh, everyone knows that Greg's the, the chair sniffer. Greg. Greg. Greg's the chair sniffer. Greg's a chair sniffer name. I'm sorry for all the Gregs out there, but. Interesting finance name as well, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. I think Greg works in finance. Probably got a dog. Yeah. Like a, maybe a collie, something like that. Yeah, I can say. Got an ugly wife. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Greg. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Talking of accounts, here we are into introducing the uh, the temp to the accounts team. They're all mental. Watch them. <laughs> Definitely all mental. Let look at him. He's got drawings of women with knives in the face <laughs> stashed somewhere in his drawer. Um, and then we see the uh, another example of Gareth and Tim and their their conflict and their bickering being introduced to the temp. You find out it's the third time now that Tim has has put Gareth's stapler in jelly. <laughs> he's shown a, a weakness and he's he's gone for it um, and we also get to see that kind of humanitarian politically correct side of Brent that he wants everyone to see where he starts talking about people starving in the world and how to, <laughs> that he should eat it out which he hates which he hates eat it out there's people starving in the world which I hate it's definitely uh, all for the camera of course it is Absolutely. yeah make a documentary on me let's be uh Let's be kind of like it's comic relief era PC, yeah. isn't it? It'd be it'd be interesting to see how how true to real life any of this would be. You only ever actually see the Brent that's on camera, but what he's I I imagine he's a slob gets home, probably <laughs> whacks on a load of weird porn, <laughs> gets drunk, and um, drinks himself to sleep. Could that'd, be true. That would be my guess. Yeah. Sounds uh, like um, you're quite familiar with that life, Steve. That's yeah, dark, dark days in my twenties. <laughs> Some evil. <laughs> We're talking of jelly. I've got a jelly fact for you. Okay, interesting. Okay, so I was looking this up earlier, and <laughs> got a little bit of paper. <laughs> oh, it's been prepared. What is in grams? That's important. In grams, which is the most jelly eaten blindfolded in a minute? Without using your hands. Wow, oh, there's a lot that's, of elements. To that's that, an so obscure question. Most, most biggest grammage. I'm going to say the, grammage. Okay, of jelly the, and blindfolded without use of hands. Yeah, from the Guinness Book of World Records official. Okay, so yeah, it's, it's corroborated. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's no messing around. Um, is there any kind of options or? Um, there weren't. But I'll, I'll, I'll give you some options. Um, I've got to try and work out which one you're not reading now. 1,117 grams, B, 1,445 grams, or C, 1,800 grams. Mm, interesting. I can't even picture what 1,800 grams of jelly would look like. Well, it's about, if you, a, a gram, a kilogram is about a bag of sugar, isn't it? So, is it? A, yeah, a bag a bag of sugar is a kilogram. So, oh. you know, but then again, you've got to, you've got to adjust that for... Jelly, haven't jelly you? Jellyage. Oh, that's a lot of jelly, and it's only got a minute. No hands. You got to have a good bite, haven't you? I'm gonna mm. go. I'm gonna go the most. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna back someone to have done this properly. Really? Eighteen? Is it eighteen hundred? Yeah. Uh, it's actually one thousand four hundred forty-five. <laughs> banged it in the middle. Banged it in the middle. Standard multiple, yeah. multiple choice. I'd love to see any of our listeners attempt that. That like, could be an interesting. If you, if you uh, can video. attempt, if you can attempt a world record 
jelly in the tent. I wouldn't I wouldn't even necessarily have to stipulate blindfolded or within a minute <laughs> or just try and eat as much jelly as you can, film it. Why and... does the blindfold matter? <laughs> <laughs> Surely you've got no hands, you're just uh, literally lying in I jelly th- face down. I think that's got a great um great potential for a prank there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if we get if we get some people that can attempt basically mass jelly eating, get that over to us at, at out of office pod underscore on Twitter. Um, we want to see your jelly attempts. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Might be even be be able to provide a prize. Yeah, I mean some more jelly. It might be that me and me and Sam give it a go, and you've got to try and beat our time and our, <laughs> <and> our grammage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or if you're in the office, can you get someone's stapler in a jelly or mm. hole punch pencil? What can you jellify? Jellify. That's what, what can I'm you jellify. Well, speak, speaking of that, it's a great great link onto. One of our features, which is Canterbury Tales, which is where we want to hear your best office-based pranks. Um, we've had an email from Kieran. Oh. Who, um, his his favourite prank that he pulled on one of his one of his colleagues was, and I personally think this is brilliant. He, <laughs> whilst his his colleague was away, they had a particular habit of leaving their computer unlocked, which we all know is a dangerous thing to do. If you've got anyone around the office that is a bit of a prankster, you're leaving yourself wide open. Also the law now, nowadays yeah. GDPR. Whether it's, you just can't do it. You know, someone's sending an email to the boss calling him a bellend or something <laughs> like that. But what, what Kieran did was he he closed everything on the, on the computer, created a new folder, called it German Dwarf Porn. <laughs> Standard. Took a screenshot yeah. and then saved that as the background, oh, like as the false, wallpaper. False background, no, love it. And as a wallpaper, so. So not only is that you know funny, it's it's tech savvy as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's but, a two pronged attack. And he, he said that he he loved it when his colleague went to, or before they even noticed it was there, because if you've got just a folder, random icon, <laughs> it's going to take a while for you to necessarily <laughs> notice if you don't use it. Um, but then the panic. When you try and get rid of it, <laughs> you're right clicking for yeah. life. I can't believe it. Brilliant. And um, so one of the best things to do was to do that and then send over someone senior to go over and speak to them <laughs> while they're trying to click off this German dwarf porn. Yes. And get them to see him frantically trying to close windows and open stuff up to cover it. It's I like bit, that. It's Let's a see. bit like the reverse to the um, incognito, aka <laughs> the, the wank tab. <laughs> aka the wank tab no one's ever used incognito tabs for anything other than that Uh, apparently you can use it for buying gifts for your loved ones apparently apparently yeah that's what they tell you that's never ever ever been done that's a solid start to canterbury tales to be fair but um you can contact us on at out of office pod underscore uh, on twitter and we've got the email of out of office podcast at gmail.com so yeah get those uh, into us and just basically we want to hear all of your office pranks um, anything that you do to your colleagues, uh, your bosses, obviously it's great. We've we've set the jelly challenge. If you've got any videos, even better, video yeah. videos on Twitter is something we'd love to see. Absolutely, and get yourself a shout out on the podcast for sure. That was some more uh, Brent and Dawn awkwardness. Blessing that <laughs> having to uh, confide in her to uh, talk about lumps on the older testicles. Terrifying. Um, it might actually be a little. Um, I open up to the fact that maybe can't talk to his mates about that. Got no yeah. guys, chaps to uh, confide in with the balls. He has to um, talk to Tom while she's eating her brie. Even though there's, there's sort of there's clearly a, an affection there, but also a little bit of a distance. I think from Dawn, 
it's, it's strange the fact that he feels that he can go and talk to her about his ball bags. <laughs> but, just found the lump. Yeah. How's your day? <laughs> She's enjoying that brie. Yeah. Get some testicles in her face. It's an important issue, though, that we probably should raise. Absolutely. Fellas, you're out there. Remember, check those balls. Steve, they can't see you, mate. <laughs> pop, pop it away. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look for me, Sam. Okay, so the next thing we see, we're going into this emergency redundancy meeting that, that David's called. The rumours um, have uh, taken their toll. He's yeah, had to call a meeting. They've got they've got around the office, and he's felt the need to to call everyone together, um, with the permission of Gareth. Yeah, permission granted. Use it as you wish. Use it as you wish. I mean, it's another another example. You know, Gareth being a little lap dog, um, trying to sort of work his way to the front and try and pretend that he's more important than he is. Again, assistant uh, regional manager, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> or assistant to assistant the to the regional manager. Um, yeah, a lot of, I think it's it's a trait of of Gareth throughout the the entire series is that he um, portrays this idea that he's more important than he is when he's clearly nothing more than an assistant. And I just want to take this opportunity to put the record straight. Yeah, I'm team leader. I should know first. Yeah, I'm telling everyone now. Yeah, right, so just tell me very quickly. Just whisper it to me. Can you just, just tell? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Should I tell him? You don't know what it is. All right. You tell him then. My permission. Team, team leader. What's the point? You ever, you ever worked in a place with team leaders? No. My missus no. works in a place where there's a team leader, and I don't. I just don't understand it. What's, it's just a shit title, isn't it? What's the point in team leader? Do you get paid anymore? Do you get like they bung you an extra grand a year? I've or got something? no idea. I don't but know. Maybe I'll ask you. What is what is a te- are you a team leader? Yeah. What is a team what leader? What is a team leader? What, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean the, the the two things I get away from this. This scene is one is Malcolm is an absolute tosser, and <laughs> he's fearful for his job. <laughs> ah, he's still a prick. He's got bills to pay. Um, but yeah, he's he's, he at, he's gone over there, Mal. He's a bell end. Um, <laughs> Neil's not going to touch his kids. I am. <laughs> if anyone's going to touch if my kids, is. I am. But I'm the head of this family. You're not going to fill with my children. I am. If anyone does. And then at the end of the meeting, um, he, he gives everyone somewhat of a reassurance, and they go away. Uh, semi-happy, they semi-trust him, I suppose. Um, I'm so not sure they've, he's necessarily calmed any fears, but... Malcolm yeah. says he trusts him. Yeah, and who knows who trusts Gareth? Everyone <laughs> just ignores him, as the they one, should. The one girl's got her hand up, look. Put, put your hand up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we see Gareth um, himself in his own talking head start talking about the redundancies, um, start saying that he'll be okay. Uh, natural selection. It's a fair point. Yeah, and then he he brings up the um, the example of Anton, the Anton, little the little midget, midget fellow in the warehouse. I'm not worried for me. I'll be all right. But if there does have to be a cull, then so be it. I mean, that's just natural selection. In the wild, some people wouldn't survive. I mean, you know, imagine a warehouse where a little midget fella is driving a forklift. Okay, he can't see over the top. He's got great big platform shoes on so he can reach the pedals because he's little legs. I mean, Anton's a lovely bloke, don't get me wrong, but should he be working here? Um, and because of that, as a, a special... Oh no, he's got so his paper out again. I've got some questions for you. <laughs> some uh, more questions this time relating to midgets. Oh God. I did mention in our in our intro, in our, in our little promo, if you managed to hear it, that there would be midgets involved. You and didn't promise I, midgets. I'm a man of my word. Do you trust me? 
I do now. <laughs> exactly. Um, so basically, I've got a couple of questions for you. Gareth mentions that Anton works in the warehouse, working on forklifts. In this question, I'm going to be talking about the Clark C series <laughs> forklift. Which oh, I don't need it's to my t- favourite. It's my favourite. I don't series. need to tell you or the listeners that these are the Mercedes of forklifts. Yeah, I agree. Um, basically, the height of one of these with the upright extended is 178.4 inches. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, which equates to 14.8 foot. Yeah. What I want to know is how many midgets <laughs> are in 14.8 foot. Uh, the average midget, how many of those will be within 14.8 feet? Are we talking stood uh, head to toe on top of each other? Yes. Because width is kind of that'll be weird um, right I've got to do some maths what's what's the average midget well we should that's know not, this really. that's not, well I thought everyone would know that um, I'm going to go maybe what if we go if we go four foot something four maybe four and a half feet for an average midget so let's say there's going to be about four of them in that height what about was the total height 14 foot 14.8 feet yeah let's go let's go four 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 midgets four midgets well, the average height for a midget is actually four foot. Oh. So we're looking at around about three and a half. Well, yeah, four foot for an average midget. Interesting. It's small. I wasn't far off then. Yeah. Did alright there. There's the second question. Forklift, the world record forklift speed <laughs> is 74.5 miles an hour. <laughs> Who's done this? <laughs> now, if we're going to marry up forklifts, midgets, speeds... No, oh, this is only spelling danger. I want to know what is the... F- 100 metre record for a class 1 dwarf <laughs> what's a class 1 dwarf a class 1 dwarf I'm led to believe is short limbs and an average size torso well that's not see that's not, not funny not, I didn't say it was not only is this podcast entertaining we also want to inform and educate educational absolutely so basically class 1 midget 100 metre record is it A 12.68 seconds is it B 15.78 or is it C 15.98 it can't be 12 surely that's it, that's quite fast I know but small little fellas I'd, I'd struggle to do it in that time I think with the little legs that's going. a subsidiary question <laughs> what way can I do I'm going to go the middle one was it 15 and a half seconds 15.68 15.68 yeah that sounds about right to me it's 15.98 it's oh. C which is point three of a it, second now. It's still relatively quick, I guess. I, I yeah, can't, I can't picture it. It's almost to double the world record. If we get enough people, enough people that request it, we can film an attempt of each of us. I want to know if I'm faster than a midget. The fastest midget. That's the yeah, world record. Well, fastest on, midget. Yeah. Do we on, know who it is? Is he still running? Maybe we could race him. <laughs> I did. Or have, her. Could I, be a woman. I haven't got the name to hand, but I can get that. <laughs> that's that's very doable alright we get a campaign get us get in touch with us on twitter hashtag race a midget so if you want to see us try and get a race arranged with a midget world record holder you get in touch that's the hashtag, kind of stuff that people want to see surely hashtag race a midget final question now oh, that's more there's there's a whole thing I actually saw this on news the other day um, it's the dwarfinators <laughs> this is our, an extreme wrestling group. Fucking Funnily hell. enough, they're all they're all dwarfs. The dwarfinators. 
Makes sense. Now, I've got four names for you. <laughs> Your job is to pick the false name. Right. So, we've got Lil Pecker. <laughs> I'll give you a bit of bonus information. His catchphrase is, don't be a wiener. <laughs> it's got to be real. You've got number two, Rasta. You've got three, Tiny T-Piece. <laughs> Or the fourth one, Pip Squeak. <laughs> I mean, they're all small related, apart from Rasta. So there's an obvious, um, an obvious link there. But I think Rasta's got to be real. What was the last one again? Tiny T piece. Tiny T piece. Uh, sounds kind of. Sounds like it could be real. So what's the one after Rasta? You've got Lil Pecker. <laughs> Lil Pecker's got to be right. You've got Rasta. You got Tiny T piece. <laughs> Or Pip Squeak. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Pip Squeak as the false name. And you've done it. Yeah. <laughs> One out of three. That's but you me. know your midget wrestlers. Just just no my no name at all. Just no my midgets. I still love Lil Pecker. I'm Lil. gonna start following him. I've heard you love Lil Peckers. Three. Let me see the the relationship, the sort of the burgeoning relationship between Tim and Dawn. Um, he wants to go out for a, a drink, just as a just as a friend. Just as friends. Friendly drink. In comes Lee. Um, a bit of a knob. A very. Um, <laughs> the the Calhoun here. The jump, hand behind the head, hands yeah. on hips, looking away. Ah, oh, bless him. Mate. Yeah, he doesn't have to do it himself, does he? Yeah. So he did do that thing where you try and be extra nice to someone. You try and find any kind of common ground whatsoever, and there's just nothing there. Just look at the floor. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's it's part of that cringe comedy that you get throughout all the episodes, isn't it? It's, it's real, isn't it? It's yeah. uh, there's no, it's not forced. It's just I don't need to make an effort with you. Lee clearly doesn't care, look. and he's like, all right, then yeah. see you later, mate. Yeah, yeah. The moment he tries to actually say something, he, he, he chips off, <laughs> and then they uh, pretend to look in the uh, filing cabinet. <laughs> we've all done, we've all oh, done you, that. You got to start it out somehow. We've all done the style it out. You we go. Off. Oh, for sure. Then you've got the the scene here, just. Uh, Brent with the the new guy, temporary, um, going in and he's going to introduce him to one of his his own pranks, one of his own Canterbury Tales. His own Canterbury Tales. This is yeah. a good one, to be fair. This would definitely uh, make the cut. Yeah. Although Dawn doesn't take it too well. Yeah, it's 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 a horrible one to watch. So that whole kind of cringe thing comes in being fired for stealing post-it notes. What they worth? Well, exactly. Twelve p. Twelve p. You add that up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's not wrong in his in his reasons. Yeah, the the reasoning sound behind it. I think it, it kind of shows. Um, it gives us an understanding as to why Dawn is the way she is with him. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're getting falsely fired. Yeah, it's oh. a it's a shame really because she's she's obviously professional in the extreme to the extent that she'll, in a way, throw a boss under the bus. Point. Whereas he is almost the exact opposite. It seems like Dawn's the one that gets um, gets picked on a little bit. Yeah. Pick on the receptionist. Not sure. Yeah. I, not sure I like that. Same. I think we should all value our receptionists. Value the receptionist, guys. Maybe. If you're out there and you've got a receptionist, go and give him a cuddle. <laughs> well, no, steady. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't ask them if don't. they want a cuddle. Yeah. Ask them if they want to consent in non, non <laughs> physical, non creepy cuddle. Yeah, that's fine. And then I'd just shake her hand <laughs> or his hand. Yeah, men can be receptionists too. Oh, sexist. <laughs> uh, which I hate. 
I've always said that. Men can be receptionists. It's about bloody time too. It's 2019. Although I think he's playing this quite harmless. or He, he feels he's quite harmless. It's quite a cruel thing to do. There are a lot of bosses that I can imagine being um, done for bullying, for that sort of thing. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, well, it is. Well, like that's, that, that is abuse, isn't it? Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, told you're going to lose your job. What can that's, you do, eh? Getting all different. serious. Yeah. Oh, political. <laughs> <laughs> at, the end of the, at the end of the episode, you see David say about investment in people is the, the biggest thing to him. Um, and, you know, being the, the godfather to the Greek guy's son. Um, <laughs> didn't happen in the end. He was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> we, had to, we had to let him go. Brilliant. Didn't happen in the end. We had to let him go. He was rubbish. He was rubbish. Yeah, how would you sum up the episode? Uh, it's a good introduction, isn't it? I think we meet all the characters. We understand instantly what the relationship is between them all. We know that David's under pressure. He's not particularly um, stable, shall we say. We know he likes his drink, and that's uh, that's a common theme. Um, but there's something about him, though. You're kind of rooting for him, aren't you? Yeah. Already, I want his branch to win yeah, the battle. He's, he's definitely a lovable character from the off, even if he is a little bit of a knob. <laughs> a little but, bit. But... He, but he's he, our knob. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in a harmless way, isn't he? He's nothing. Um, he's not necessarily dislikable. Nah, not at all. And I'd much rather work for a boss like him than um, oh, imagine that. someone that kind of ruled with an iron fist. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's exactly what Tim does. Tim kind of he handles it because he knows that the alternative's probably worse. Yeah. And it is an easy ride. Exactly. And if he needs to get out, he can get out probably. Maybe he's only sticking around because of his little office romance. Yeah. Never know. Never know. We'll find out 10, 15, 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's episode one in the bag. Remember, you can get in touch at outofofficepod underscore on Twitter and also get your Canterbury Tales, get your kettle over a pub. Don't forget um, the hashtag uh, race a midget. Race a midget. With, uh, lots of stuff we want to see from you guys. We um, want to see your jelly eating attempts. Jelly eating as well, definitely. You know, feel free to challenge us with anything like that. I think uh, you know communication is the way that a good podcast is run. Steve. Yeah, absolutely. If you um, if you have any office related challenges for us, you can always get in touch. We'll see what we can do. Definitely. Um, yeah, take it easy, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Hope you enjoyed it and. Uh, We'll see you next time for episode two. So, meeting adjourned.